And we are back right here on Chris Aiken Presents. It's Chris Aiken and Seth Williams sitting in tonight for Mr. Eric Ferentinos. And Seth, you know, we, we talked about it at the beginning a little bit, but then Eric came on pretty quickly. But um, I was very, very happy to help out a little bit. You know, I did a little bit to help your show get off the ground. As a lot well. of it, yeah. Well, whatever. But, you know, I, I was happy to bring it to to the network and and try to help it get get its feet on the ground so to speak because i you know hey me and you have been friends for ever yes. <laughs> it seems like it seems like yeah. since i was a kid you know but um but it, also i enjoyed what you did before and for the cleveland people uh you'll obviously remember seth from the mike trevisano show uh for the non-cleveland people Whoever the biggest radio guy is in your town, whoever the legend is in your town, that's Mike Trivisano in this town. Mike was yes. an absolute legend in Cleveland for what 30 years. Yep. At least 30 years. Yeah, at least. And um I, I knew Mike a little bit, not not a whole ton, but he was always nice to me. And um and like I said, you ask anybody that you know in Cleveland if they know the name Mike Trivisano, the answer is yes. You know, everybody. You didn't even have to be a fan to know him. Yeah, and he started out on like 98.5. Yeah. Well, he started out way, way back on 3WE as a caller on the Pete Franklin, Pete Franklin show. show. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember I was like eight, nine years old. I used to listen to Pete Franklin. And Pete Franklin was great. He was like the original Howard Stern. He was the guy that if he was a sports talk guy. Right. But if but, you if you called and had a dumb question, Pete Franklin would murder you. I mean, he'd be like, go gargle with razor blades, you dummy. You know, he would just absolutely murder you at that time. I mean, for the 80s, that was really, really edgy. Yeah, there was, and, and Triv took a lot of that. Triv was that kind of guy. I mean, mm -hmm. But Triv was a down-to-earth talker. I mean, sure. that's what he was. And he wasn't, you know gonna shout at you wasn't a Howard per se of you know, just sticking mm -hmm. naked women in there and but he did he just said what was on his mind and did his own thing well and, and I I think you know he probably he I know he didn't know it at the time I don't think anybody knew it at the time but probably his greatest strength was where he just happened to be located because if you think of Cleveland you certainly think of blue collar oh, yeah. you know rough and raw don't give me any, don't give me any bullshit. Just give me the straight up facts type of people. That's, yep. that's how everybody is here. And Triv was quite literally that guy, you know, he was that guy on the radio, you know, and, yeah, and I, the Browns suck. He said the Browns suck. I mean, yeah. And he, he said it too. Gonna pull any punches. Yeah. He didn't say it just to the audience and then kiss their ass. Like so many people do today. Yep. You know, he would say the Browns suck and then he would have, I, I can remember one show that Triv did that I was listening and he had Carmen policy who was then the owner of the Browns yeah. and he lit him up. I mean, he lit him up. He was like, when are you going to get us some defensive help on this team? You're the guy that writes the checks, write a check. Yeah. And, and I mean, he was just nailing he's nailing this billionaire to the wall. Yeah, he had on one of the uh, was it general manager Lombardi, Michael Lombardi or Michael something Lombardi. like that. Yeah. And he had him on and he started out thinking, we were just saying, look, I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't like you. <laughs> and the guy didn't know what the hell to say. He just sat there. He's like, 
I, I'm just saying, I, I don't like you. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. And right. Say it like it is. It yeah. Well, and, and and it, was, it was a privilege to work for, for literally you know, 12, 13 years. Sure. And it gave you such a good education on maybe not necessarily the the quote-unquote good habits of radio, right. but it gave you the right education on how it's done and done to where it impacts. I'm not going to say right or wrong or any of that stuff, but Triv impacted. Yes. I mean, there, there were definitely, I've said this on my show, I didn't listen to Triv a ton in the later years, and, I, and I'll tell you the same, and, I, and you'll agree with me a thousand percent. I couldn't take the commercials. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't. Right. I couldn't take fucking... He would do traffic. He would do two minutes of a story, and then it would be eight minutes of commercials. We, when we were doing towards, especially towards the end, but when we were doing, you know, because we'd have to podcast the show afterwards. Mm -hmm. it's different. It's so different than what we do, but sure, we have to put it up on the website. And um, out of an hour-long show between news, traffic, weather, commercials, and all that stuff, and all the commercials that he did. You know, those live commercials. Yeah. 17 to 18 minutes of content. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. Which is insane. And how do you listen to something like that? Yeah. And especially, and, and yet he was still always number one in the ratings. Yeah. I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever had like a really, like a major down book. Once he, once he got settled, he did not have like a major lost a third of his audience or anything. No, but the, the business changed the way that mm -hmm. they did ratings. The business changed the way that they affected his show. I mean, we're talking about a guy that before I started, if it came up to news or traffic or sports or whatever the hell it was, and he wanted to keep going. He was interviewing somebody. He was doing his own thing. He just didn't stop. He just went. Sure. Finally, we had bosses that came in and said, no, no, no. You have to break and you go to commercials every six minutes. Right, and you have to break again six minutes, and then we would get in trouble if we didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And he never did radio like that. He liked to do radio the way that he wanted it done. And finally, things started to improve a little bit because I came up and said, "We got to start doing an FM kind of clock on an AM radio station." Right, and you know the bosses will take credit or whatever but they, but we would literally talk for 20, 25 minutes, then play eight minutes of commercials. Sure, then we talk for another twenty five minutes and then play another. You know, bunch of commercials, mm -hmm. and it worked better because people were listening for a long period of time. Yeah, but they, the business, destroyed that show, and he knew it. And it came a point where he just said, "Screw it! There's nothing I can do. There's nothing yeah. you could do." And it was kind of <clears throat> well, you know, the fortunate, fortunate for him, probably unfortunate for the for the show itself, was the fact that he became bigger than the show. Oh yeah. Like his legacy, his le people listened to the show because of his legacy. There were people that did not listen at the end. There were people that didn't listen to TAM at all. No. Yeah. Except from 3 to 7. Oh yeah. And, and they would the, go ahead. The, the sad part is is that after he passed, they got rid of that legacy. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, forget about the fact that they fired me. I'm I'm a nobody. I was a producer for 13 years with him. But they they got rid of his callers. They got rid of his sound. They got rid of everything. They used his name when they wanted to use it. Yeah. Whether it was for charities or whatever. But they they destroyed the legacy of one of the, oh, built the, station. the best. 
a radio guy in Cleveland. Yeah. And and it was the legacy that built the station. Yes. I mean, really. honestly, I mean, it certainly wasn't them getting the Indians. It certainly wasn't them getting the Cavs. It certainly wasn't Wills or Schneider or Rush or or whoever, whoever else they, they had on the station. It was, even today, if you, I would bet you if you interviewed or talked to 100 people in Cleveland today, and you asked them, you just said, first thing comes to mind, WTAM. Triv. We'll say Triv. Yeah. And then maybe Rush behind it. But they'll yeah. say Triv first. If you ask those same hundred people, who who fills the three to seven spot today? Most of them won't know. No, I, I, I would say no. I would say probably. You know, not. I mean, you know because obviously you have you know you know yeah. you have a bad experience, but but I I mean most people would not know because once they pushed him out, they pushed out the reason that we all listen to that station. Yeah, they pushed away a large portion. And I don't know why. I don't know what the purpose was behind that. I don't know what the why they wanted to change it so much. I mean, you know, they, they wanted – I think they were trying to go with this younger audience kind of thing. Well, if you want a younger audience, then you got to change everything because a younger audience isn't listening for the news at the top of the hour. Right. They already have it on their phone. Uh, they're not yeah. listening for traffic and weather updates because, again, they have it at the, their fingertips. Mm -hmm. So they're not waiting for time to roll around for you know the, on the twenties, on the tens, to get their information when yeah. they already have it. So if you want to get a younger audience, I don't know what their goal was or what their intention is with that station, but I think they made a mistake. I think they made a mistake doing a lot of things that they've done. But I mean, that's right. just me, and I'm not just bitter fire guy. That's a radio guy talking. That's a guy that's been in a business for 23 years mm -hmm. and just looking at it from the outside now going, well, what are you doing? Dude, the unfortunate thing is that, and, and I had it on a, on a much smaller scale, obviously, with when I was doing the metal show, not even on MMS, but uh, over at 92. When, when we moved over to 92.3 with the metal show, yeah. um, one of the things that we had was, and, and you'll know this right away, we had this guy Oedipus come in to do the to to evaluate all the DJs consulting. Yeah, the consultant to come in and tell us <laughs> tell us the, what what our show was doing right or wrong or whatever. Oh yeah, and uh, they had this Oedipus guy in, but he's like the national guy. He goes to all the stations all over the country, and what that really does is just tries to homogenize the sound, so that if you drive. Literally, and I think this, I don't know this to be true, but I'm guessing. You tell me what you think. I honestly think that a company like iHeart or Clear Channel or whatever they're called today, what they want is kind of the Sirius XM effect, but with different stations. And what I mean by that is you're driving through Ohio, you're listening to whatever station that has the kind of content that you want. You get to Pennsylvania, that station fades out, and you get to, you find the new station in Pennsylvania. It sounds the same. It sounds exactly the same as the other one, except for they're talking about Monaca, Pennsylvania, instead of you know Absolutely. Sheffield Lake, Ohio. Without a doubt, and news talk, especially, I think, is on the way out when it comes to these corporations. Because now, if you notice, a lot of these FM stations are all talk. I yeah, mean, MMS was one of the greatest rock and roll stations mm -hmm. in the country forget about the city in the country yeah and now the majority of their day parts are a talk and i'm not saying it's bad talk i have nothing against rover or Cox or anybody like that. i have stuff against rover we can talk about that <laughs> but 
I, I mean, I don't necessarily hate their talk. I don't like Alan Cox's like political views, but that's a different story. But right, um, the FM stations are. I mean, that's not supposed to be a talk station. It's supposed to be a rock station. Yeah, I think the yeah. only thing they have over there now that's really rock is what Corey show. Corey, yeah, Corey yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't listened honestly. I haven't listened to regular radio since I got let go. So yeah, well, and I don't blame you. I haven't. Li- I haven't listened regularly to radio in. Probably eight, ten years. I just, I, mean, I can't. No. And I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have a bad taste in my mouth. Forget about the fact that, I mean, after, I'll say it, I don't care. I mean, after Triv was, after Triv passed, they pulled me in, which I thought was strange, the day of his passing and said, don't worry, you have a job. I mean, that's the last thing that I was worried about. My friend just passed away. Right. Sure. And I just found out 10 minutes or an hour before. Our show is supposed to start. I thought we were doing a show with him that day, and then all of a sudden I find that out. And for them to tell me on the day of, again, thought it was weird that I had a job. But they promised me after they were interviewing people, auditioning people, saying, you have a job, you have a job, you have a job. Don't worry, you have a job. Right. And then they let me go. Um, And then I lost my leg because I got sick. Right. Now, this is where I kind of get a bad taste in my mouth because, look, I've been in radio for a long time, so I've seen people come and go. I understand firing is part of the gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in the hospital and my life completely had changed at this point because I was sick, I lost a leg, and I was in the hospital for a month. Right. And not one of those people in management over there that not only were my bosses, but I thought were friends. Forget, again, that they fired me. I could care less. Yeah. But they didn't call to even ask how I was doing. Mm-hmm. They didn't help me when people were trying to throw a benefit for me to, to help my family with money because I had no insurance. I had nothing. Sure. And no job. And they wouldn't put it on the radio. They wouldn't talk about me. They would hang up on callers that called and asked about me. And not one of those people called to just say, hey, are you okay? Yeah, that sucks. And that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Well, yeah, so that's, you know. it, it does. And, and I mean, look, I, I unlike a regular job, look, I, I had a, a similar experience when I got fried. When I got cooked, you know, I didn't hear word one from the management. Right. Not even a card, nothing. And and to be honest, I didn't hear word one from the union that I was in, too. I was in this fucking steelworkers union. And I didn't get a card from them either. I was like, Jesus, you would have thought the $70 a month I was paying for dues would have bought me a card. But, you know, I I didn't hear from any of that either. But in that kind of job, I sort of got it. It's like, okay, it's just a fucking job. Entertainment, radio, radio and TV entertainment, especially. The 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 interaction is not, okay. I'm an employee. Here's my typewriter. I'm going to type, you know, the the interaction is. And the closeness that you build with your audience is real. And you can't go into it thinking that, well, I'm just showing up to do a job. Because if you do, you'll fail at radio. You make you make closer relationships in, in radio and TV because it's part it's almost built into to the gig. Yeah. So when that all of a sudden fails you, it doesn't feel like, well, I didn't hear from this guy that I used to work with. What you feel is like. Man, my friends fucking abandoned me. My family let me yeah. down. I mean, it, it, that yeah, that's a it's a sad state of affairs when people that 
you thought you were friends and family to just all of a sudden aren't there for you. Yeah. And forget again. I mean, I understand. Look, losing my job sucks. And I, sure. something I did for 20 some years. But to not just wish it well is just, I mean, it's just horrible. No, it is, man. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting now. I, I see, I see how radio is going. I mean, Another thing that people that are listening may not know as much as as much as me and you do, but this is not the kind of thing that you just walk away from. No. You know, radio, radio, TV, performance, you know, singers, bands, it never ends. It no, never you know when it ends when blood. you stop breathing. Yeah. yeah. When you stop breathing <laughs> is when it ends because I and I've tried to quit a couple of times. I I have I have tried to quit a few times. Then I get the itch, and that's like, well, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it on less of a level than I did it before. I'm going to do it part-time just for fun, and it never ends up that way because no. you have that thing. You want to perform. You want to do well. You, wanna, you want to entertain. It, it really is a thing, and, um, you know, when you, get, when you get away from it even for a minute, all you can think about is wanting to do it again. True? Yes, I I, I absolutely. I sit around every single day. Doesn't whether matter whether I'm watching TV, uh, whether news or a movie or whatever it is. Sure. I see something and I want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I, I have an idea of what I'm going to say or what joke I'm going to make or what you know the next topic should be, and that's what I want to do nonstop. And yeah. I can't imagine at this point in my life going to a bakery and making cookies my entire life. And uh, <laughs> I, I this is what I'm, I was born to do. This is what I want to do. Yeah. No, that's I, why this podcast means so much to me because you know, I, this is what I need to do with my life. Absolutely, man. And and I do want to spell this out since these are these are probably mostly my my guys that are going to listen and watch this on demand later and whatever. Seth's show, the Seth Williams show with Mike Chiselka, is definitely different than the shit that I do. You know, <laughs> I, I I want to be clear about that. My uh, Seth and Mike do a much a they do a cleaner show than I do. I am a dirty dog, and Seth is too, but he he just isn't on the on his show. Yeah, no. <laughs> but now you know that from our conversations off. Yes, the off the air, you're off the air. You're definitely one of us. <laughs> yeah, but but his show is much more mainline topical, where I get into you know lots of crazy stuff and and rock and roll and bands and stuff. What 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 you guys are doing? Is something that is, I'm going to, I think, and it's one of the reasons that I was more than happy to add you guys to the network. You guys are doing kind of A, a localized thing, but B, a, um, a topical organized thing locally in a podcast form. So it's not interrupted on a clock and it's no. not, it's not going to censor people from saying their true feelings and it's nope. not gonna you know it's always gonna be a lot more real which i think is you know I, I know a lot of people say that radio is dying i think we're 25 years away from that still you know until you can have internet in in the cars full time without it skipping it, it ain't gonna happen and and i know it's getting closer but it ain't there yet so you know radio is gonna be king until until you can like download podcasts in your car on the fly and listen to them. That being said, I think this is the, what, what people really want to hear though. They want to hear you and me, you and Mike, you and whoever, mm 
talk until you're done with a point instead of having to do we'll be okay back. well we're, we're talking about the browns <laughs> and deshaun watson looked good and uh before we talk about amari cooper let's get a word from alpo or what you know it's like <laughs> yeah. you know and, and then go to eight minutes of sponsors i i think that's what commercial radio has just dropped the ball on now because truthfully because they're broke and they have to suck any any dollar in that they can get that's the way it's been going for quite some time now. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's, I mean, I don't like to give Howard a lot of credit because I hate radio. Howard radio today is yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Now. Even though it's, you know, you know, commercials, whatever it is, but because I don't listen anymore, but he is so terrible, but he was so great back in the day yeah. of being able to go against what the management was telling him to do. And, but it's just not like that. You don't get away with that kind of stuff anymore. It's all corporate now. It really is. Mm -hmm. It really is all corporate. And not that I wouldn't look. If a corporate radio station called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, we're going to pay you a hundred grand to come here and do our morning show," if you don't you think I'm going to do it, you're crazy. Of course I would do it, <laughs> right? Um, because again, I love radio and I love doing it. Mm -hmm. But it is a different animal than it was even back when I started 23 years ago. It's yeah. just different. It's a lot different. It's so different. It's so, I mean, even, even 10 years ago or whatever it was when ONA were trying to make their comeback on commercial radio yeah. and they were just getting censored left and right or hell when Chris Aiken was on, was on commercial radio and they literally stuck an intern in with me just to dump out of things that I was saying. They were happy with the ratings. They loved the fact that they could book our, and our show was ridiculous. Yeah, our, our good friend, Matt Wardlaw will tell you it drove us crazy because we had three, six minute blocks of commercials every hour. So we gave up 18 minutes on a Sunday night specialty show. It was, it was ridiculous how many commercials we were having. I miss Matt, by the way. Uh, I wish Matt would come, come. Dude. Matt and, and for people that, that want to keep up with Matt, he was the warlock for me with you know, the warlock <laughs> yeah. and Chris Aiken a million years ago. He has a podcast called uh, the record player, which is oh, really? really, really That's fantastic. Terrible. But he, he explores records that quite honestly, even me, who's a musicology guy, I've never heard of any of these really? bands or records. I can see that. I can see that Matt would do that. Oh, Matt, Matt shames all of us with his music knowledge. That's <laughs> for sure. I mean, he, I think Matt is secretly in all these bands and that's how he knows about them because no one else knows about half the stuff he talks about, but, but it's a fun podcast. If you want to want to hear some really deep dive stuff into some really rare, you know, he'll be like, well, this guy, he was the cousin of the nephew of Gene Simmons's stepson. You know I mean? He'll, he'll like know all these crazy facts that nobody's ever heard of before. And he finds those those bands to cover, and and that's it's really a pretty cool show. So it's called the Record Player. But Matt's a great dude, and um, we were doing radio on MMS. That's when radio was so still a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, I I've told tons and tons of stories about, you know, going out to like Buzzard Fest in '97, oh, yeah. and you know, I went out there to quote unquote work, <laughs> and I ended up hammered off my ass. Partying with Gwen Stefani and no doubt right. partying with three eleven, just partying my ass off all day long. I think I partied some with Candlebox, you know, right. all these all these bands that were huge at the time, and I'm just hanging out backstage. Or they they had the little trailers backstage at Blossom, yeah. and I was just bouncing from trailer to trailer and just walking in, 
like no fear, no, not even invited. I just walk in and be like, Hey, I'm Chris. I'm from WMMS. What are you guys drinking? <laughs> Man, I got so many cool stories about the MMS days. I mean, just it was just it was just a party. It was just a blast doing everything that I got to do. Yeah. And yeah, it was a dude, it, it was fun. It, it was fun back in that day. And it was it it, it wasn't as cutthroaty as it is now you know and i sat on a bus with zach wild dude nice and you know i was interviewing him just talking and the dude just broke out one of his guitars and just started doing his thing well it was just him and i sitting on a bus together yeah and he just starts playing for me it was like for me being a kid back then it was in my 20s (laughs) right like the shit for me to just see zach wild break out a guitar and start playing yeah, awesome. I mean, those are those were just some times, man. They were Dude, good times. There was so much fun going on. You know, one of my favorite stories about um, MMS was, um, and, and it's it's really not a goofy, crazy story. It's not like a wild story. It's just a how did this happen? It's so so awesome. I was there one night um, for the metal show, and it was at Oak Tree. Is that the? Yeah. And for people that are not from here, Oak Tree is like. A, it's like a hallway of stations. Yeah. You know, you, you 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 literally walk down the hallway and here's MMS, here's TAM, here's KISS FM, blah, blah, blah. Right there, there's what, eight of them or something in the in yeah. the hall? Yeah. And so I was in there. I'm wearing my Slayer t-shirt and I was, you know, I'm doing the metal show, right? Yep. Who comes out of KISS FM? Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, she had an album out called Bare Naked, which... That works, <laughs> but I was a huge fan of of that record, which is very weird because I hear here comes Slayer guy, and I walked right up to her. She's a little girl too; she's maybe like yeah. five two, five three, you know. And I'm just looking at her. I'm like, man, she is so fucking hot. Oh my god! <laughs> and and I I walked right up to her and I said, hey, how you doing? You know, I introduced myself. I said, I'm a really big fan of your record. She took one look at me and she goes, No, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, no, I am really. And she's like, what's the name of my record? And I, I whipped it right. I was bare naked. And she's like, what's your favorite song on it? And I instantly gave her a song title and she's like, sing me a bar of that song. So I did. And she was like, oh my God, you really do know my record, don't you? <laughs> but it was like the coolest thing. And then, and then Wardlaw took a picture with me and her, you know, yeah, to, which was, which was just I, here, you know, it's like, I'm I'm barely at that point I wasn't even employed. Yeah. At that point I was like intern guy that just did the show with Matt. You know, I I wasn't like an employee. I was literally Matt Matt invited me up to do my radio uh, or to promote my magazine that I had at the time. Yeah. And he threw out the standard that everybody does, the hey man, anytime you want to come back, come on back. And I did they every did. week for 12 years. <laughs> I, I, I literally took him up on it and I, I became the co-host. I forced my way in. I was uh, like, kind of like your story. I was uh, the studios were at Tower City. And so MMS had a big studio. And then Kiss at the time was like a news station for us. Right. And so they literally had a, a studio that was the size of a closet. I mean, was like right, a right, right. There was like a board and a microphone. And Jessica Simpson was there. Mm. And I mean, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah, she was so hot. Oh but she God, came no. out of the studio. It was a tiny little studio, and I didn't know she was there. I right. couldn't even see her. They didn't have a window. Yeah. And she came out of the studio, and I ran right into her. Dude. I knocked her over. 
and she's just wearing sweatpants. And I had to help this poor girl up back then. I was like pushing 350. Right. So I could have killed this girl if I tripped and <laughs> fell on her. But it was, yeah, it was radio was just so much fun. It was, dude. It was so much fun just running into people and, you know, doing random shit. Like, you know, one, one of those things, and, and this is actually online. If anybody wants to actually hear this story in real world, you can go to Spotify and look up Music's Bottom Line, which was my music magazine that I had at the time. And we put out a CD. But we, I, I used to come to when, when, when um, MMS was in Tower City. Um, I used to come. Remember how like downstairs was the hard rock? Yes. Yep. Uh, me, me and my friend Pat would meet an hour before the show and drink as much as we possibly could for that hour leading into the show. <laughs> like I would just get hammered and then I would go up you know, for some reason. I felt like that made me a better radio guy if I was right. hammered. So, so we usually would, doesn't, but yeah, it usually doesn't, but I I'm pretty good about not slurring or anything even right. when I'm drunk. So, you know, it drove Matt crazy. Cause he never knew what guy was coming in, but, <laughs> but, um, so we would do this every week. We would come in there. We would drink, like I would, me and my friend Pat, we would drink like four or five, six shots. Like we'd line them up, like, like you see in the movies and it would just be like, okay, three shots and a beer. Here we go. <laughs> and then chug a beer, take a 10 minute, then do the three more. And then another beer. I mean, and then go upstairs and do two hours of radio. Right. And it was always funny. Well, one night while we were there, who walks into the, to the bar to have, to have a drink. But Carrie King from Slayer. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, fucking Carrie King. Yeah. You know, and you know, I'm a Slayer junkie. I'm doing the metal show for God's sakes. <laughs> so I I go over, I say hello to him. And and I, you know, it was him and a, a buddy of mine, the guy that I knew. And um, in fact, you probably know his name because he passed away. He got unfortunately got killed by Josh McTarian, the, yeah. the police, uh, yeah. the cops. Yep. He was hanging with Carrie King. And, um, so I, I go over, I say, hello, I meet Carrie and I, I say to Carrie, I say, Hey man, we're doing our show upstairs. It's the metal show. It's on the biggest station here in Cleveland. Would you be interested in coming on and just saying hi, just doing five minutes or whatever, just yeah. come on. And it would be so cool for our show. If I just showed up with the guy from Slayer, Slayer. Yeah. you know, and he's like, he's like, yeah, this was in, um, two th early 2001. And so he goes, yeah, sure. You know, that'd be cool. He goes, but by the way, I have an unreleased song in my car. Do you want to play it? <sighs> I was like, yeah, I oh, do yeah. want to play it. <laughs> so I walked out with him to his car and, and he grabs this CD and he brings it in. And it was the song bloodline from, um, God hates us all. Right. And, but it was fully mixed, mastered, everything ready to go. And, um, he, he comes up to the studio with us and we're beyond pumped. Matt and I are both just super, super pumped up, you know, like, yeah, Carrie fucking King, man, <laughs> you know? So we're, we're, we're getting ready to do the show and, and we get to him and, um, and we say, yeah, but here he is. It's Carrie King from Slayer. And he goes, who me? I'm not Carrie King. And I'm like, son of a bitch, you know, and, and he's, and he, and he wouldn't give it up for like a minute. He just was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know, I'm not here. I'm just, I'm just Joe from Cleveland or whatever. And then finally he goes, 
well, you know, I could just keep doing this and make you guys look stupid, but unfortunately you have that CD there. So that really kind of gives it away, doesn't it? <laughs> and then, and That's then awesome. we just, we did like a five or 10 minute interview with, um, with Carrie and then, um, you know, and then he left, but it, it was still one of those moments that was just, yeah. Yeah. I've had, yeah, those are, those are cool moments, man. I had, uh, I'm a crappy husband, man, because I remember my only Slayer story that I have is my wife, her dad, unfortunately, passed away. Okay. And this is like way early on in our relationship. And what do I do, being the loving, caring boyfriend that I am? I show up with Slayer tickets and I say, this will make you feel better. And so we went and saw Slayer that night. And I don't think it made her cheer her up at all, but it was a good show. <laughs> well, like a happy band. Yeah, it was a happy band. Hey, how you doing? Here's some Slayer tickets. Um, but still, I think she enjoyed the show a little bit, but it was, yeah, it was part of the Slayer story. Uh, <laughs> Shinedown screwed with me like that. You know, sure. Shinedown? Yeah. It was like back when her first album came out, so nobody really knew who they were yet. They had like mm -hmm. one single out, and they were playing at Peabody's. Okay. And so I had no idea who the hell these guys were. And I was the DJ supposed to interview them. I was down there live at the venue. And so I went up to this one dude and I was like, Hey, uh, you know where Shine Down is? I'm supposed to interview him here. And he goes, No, man, I haven't seen him. <laughs> and it turns out I was a fucking lead singer in the band. <laughs> and I had no idea who it was. And of course he's dicking with me. He's saying, Yeah, right. no, no. <laughs> And then they sat down. I was like, man, why? Why? What's the purpose of that? I'm trying to promote you. I'm trying to help you. You're right. not anything from me. I'm trying to push your record. But they were cool. They ended up being pretty cool guys. Sure. Now they're a huge band. Yeah, now they're now they're massive. Dude, one one of the, another fun one. Um I I I went to there was a show, it was disturbed. Um and and a mud vein, um, nothing face and yeah. somebody else. We're all playing at, at the Nautica, Nautica stage. Yeah. And I hooked up an interview with David Draymond from Disturbed on the first record um, when, they, when they came through for the Down with the Sickness tour. So I took my buddy, me and my buddy were just huge fans of that record. So I take my buddy with me and I tell him, I say, you can just come with me, just be quiet, hold the, hold the you know, thing and you can take yeah. your picture or whatever. So he does. We get on the bus, we're hanging with, with Draymond. And um, we start talking, and, and at this time, I don't know if you remember this or not, but early in their career, Dreamin' was known as just a pussy hound. Yeah, he was chasing chicks all the time. Yeah. So I I asked him about it in the interview. I said, "Man, you know, if you believe the rumors that are online, you're hooking up with like two or three chicks a day, and you're just chasing women all the time." And he he comes off with the politically correct answer. He's like. You know, I don't think you could even physically do that, and you know, blah 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 blah, right? Nothing answer, but but it yeah, was a right. funny question. <laughs> My buddy chimes in and goes, "Yeah, you'd probably get sick of that after a while, wouldn't you?" And he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, "Well." I don't know about all that. And just my buddy just was like <laughs> totally floored, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Disturbed story. I'll tell it after we talk yeah, to you. Yeah, let's do that in a minute. Let's yep. um, let's do this. Let's play a quick commercial. And um, okay. then we will be back with uh, Dale Stewart from Seether. He's going to be checking in with us to talk about the reissue, the deluxe edition of Disclaimer, which is such a great, great, yeah. great fucking record, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. it's so good. Yep. And... Believe it or not, and I, 
until I got the press release, I could not even believe this. That record is 20 years old. That's unbelievable, man. I I, I feel like I just got it. I know. Yeah, you know <laughs> it's really crazy. So let's do that. Let's play a let's play a quick commercial and um and then we will be back with Dale Stewart of the Mighty Band Seether. Right after this, it's Chris Aiken presents. 